We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. You might be missing some of the benefits that Stereo can provide. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and welcome to another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in downtown Halifax. How's everybody doing? It is Friday. Can you believe it? It's another Friday. It's like it happens every week. And uh, yeah, it's time to sit back and relax, and it's going to be a heck of an episode today. Three guests! Um, so we'll get to those as we get to those. But for now, let's check out what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Uh, six new episodes of Chasm by Jason, uh, as well as six new episodes of Breath of Fire 3. Jason brings us his uh, entry for the Low Bias Monthly for July, which is board game video games selected by myself, and he selected Anticipation for the NES. Neat little game. Um, and Scarlet brings us four new uh, videos for Darkest Dungeon, his ever-continuing series. Um, aside from any uh, soundtracks that may have been going up, uh, Jason's been putting up player's guides on the old forum, uh, so that is something that you can check out if you are so inclined to do so. Right now we have uh, Legend of Zelda, Shining Force 3, Secret of Mana, and the General SNES Player's Guide, among others, so pretty cool stuff. Anyway, let's get to some show um, here on Square Wave Symphony, CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax, listen to Opal.
listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Jake Kaufman. It's called Royal Overture. And it's really just a song that was stuck in my head after playing King of Cards. It has nothing to do with today's game from the archives. Move the fighters right and left and defend against the missiles and suicide attacks of the Galaga aliens and the Galaga commander through infinite levels of play with every third level having a challenging stage. Retrieve captured fighters from the descending Gal- uh, Galaga commander tractor beam and double your firepower. Uh, this is Galaga. It is a uh, space shooter game, arcade type of thing, developed and pub- uh, developed by Namco, published by Midway and released in 1981. Pretty simple game. You just shoot down the aliens as they come at you and um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that other than the whole um, mechanic of being able to, like the description has, like the description says, double your firepower. That is a thing that you can do in this game. It's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, this was selected by myself for the Low Bias Monthly for February 2020 for arcade-style games. Go for the highest score. This is the game that Jade has selected, and also we have videos by Scarlet and Jason. Uh, I have not submitted videos yet because my internet situation is less than ideal, but um, hopefully sometime soon.
That was Stillwell by Spooky, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird. And as you have probably guessed, I have a guest. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, yeah, Jason Parton of Low Bice Gaming of uh, Electric Leftovers. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be doing the news with me and. Uh, we did a uh, separate recording for that, which is why I'm doing this intro, because uh, he's also going to be showing this same segment uh, on Electric Leftovers. So there you go. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences. Uh, this segment is, I believe, about 20 minutes long, so take that as you will. Take it, Jason. The Cheyenne, Nebraska County Commissioners vented their frustration on July 6th over an alarming threat posed by a native species in the state's panhandle. The Scotts Bluff Star Herald reported that Commissioner Philip Sanders told the gathering that prairie dogs had caused almost $3 million in damage to 2,600 acres in the county and pleaded with representatives of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We have a large group here from Lodgepole. Their whole town is being surrounded by prairie dogs. We need your help. The county has contracted with the USDA to handle its animal control problems, but Sanders said the lone wildlife specialist charged with the task has been overwhelmed. I feel like we've let Lodgepole down, Sanders said. I don't want to eradicate prairie dogs. I get it, but they're out of control. Have you ever heard that song by Weird Al, Weasel Stomping Day? No. Uh, it's, it's basically a song about, you know, Weasel Stomping Day, which is just some traditional thing that started one day in this fictional town. But this is how Weasel Weasel Stomping Day starts. We had a uh, bunny clubbing day where I live. Bunny clubbing day. We had a a overwhelming of rabbits back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. So they put up a fence, they chased them into the fence and clubbed them. Lovely. It made it into the Times News, or Times News, Time Magazine. It's certainly a sign of the times, isn't it? It is. And as is the next story, actually. Um, a statue of Christopher Columbus stands in Cle- uh, Cleveland's Little Italy, ne- Little Italy neighborhood, but if signers of a petition get their way, it will soon be replaced by a statue of Chef Boyardee. The petition, signed by hundreds, suggests Ettore Hector Boyardee, B-O-I-A-R-D-I, known for his, quote, food and iconic mustache, thank you phone, would be a much better recipient of Cleveland's love, uh, Cleveland.com reported. Boyardee and his brothers built a canned food empire from the ground up, the petition argues, and, quote, during World War II, this company produced canned food for American soldiers 24-7, end quote, earning Chef Boyardee a gold star in 1946. Wow. Number one, I'm more surprised that there's a little Italy in Cleveland. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, this is an aside, and it's relevant. Okay. We're, we're busy changing the names of sports teams down here in the States. Right. 
And I'm. This is my suggestion. We're gonna change the name of the Cleveland Indians. I want it to be the Cleveland Hellos. Cleveland Hellos. Hello, Cleveland. All right then. It works. I suppose it does. It's a surprise, it's... If nothing else. <laughs> there have been weirder team names before, I suppose. Name three. Uh, I'll let it be a surprise. Oh, I got a surprise. <laughs> that would be that Wynn Hall of Exeter, Nebraska might have expected to find a few beer cans or old tires at the bottom of his farm pond when he drained it for maintenance on July 3rd, but he discovered something entirely different. An empty, broken ATM. I thought, who would throw a refrigerator or a stove and put it in the pond? Hal told KOLN, took a picture and zoomed in on it and thought, that looks like an ATM. When authorities arrived, they had a good idea of the source of the machine since one had been stolen recently, but the numbers didn't match up. Hall said he didn't drain the pond last year and didn't think the ATM had been there too long. This is by far the strangest, and I was really shocked to see it, Hall said. So which numbers didn't add up? Hall, Hall misses words. Does he now? This is by far the strangest, and I was really shocked to see it. The strangest Strang event that he has experienced, I assume. This is the strangest ATM I ever found in my pond. <laughs> tell you what. Let me tell you the strangest thing about it. It had no money in it. Maybe those were the numbers that did not up. <laughs> There's supposed to be like six bucks in here. It's empty. <laughs> All right. Uh, here come our next stories under the subtitle of Awesome. <laughs> Paragliding instructor Hassan Kaval, 29, in Izmir, Turkey, took couch surfing to a whole new level when he rigged a red, uh, red leather couch, lamp, and TV to a parachute harness and launched himself from a cliff at ba Babadag Air Sports and Recreation Center. United Press International reported Kaval videoed himself July 2nd as he sailed over Uludeni's beach on the couch, pulling out snacks and drinks and kicking off his shoes to put on slippers as he settled in to watch cartoons. Kaval's rig landed safely and he didn't miss any of his shows. How did he get the TV to turn on? External power supply, I assume. It's a long extension cord. <laughs> that that is a long way to go for just a little bit of couch surfing. Usually, couch surfing and air surfing don't mix. I have many questions about how. I want to see a blueprint. <laughs> I have many questions. It must be like that stage thing they had set up in this must be the place. Quite possibly. Hey, one person who saw that movie other than me, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Down here, we had a 4th of July, we Americans. Yes. And we were celebrating it by blowing stuff up. But people in Seoul, South Korea were surprised by an unannounced high-tech aerial display of encouragement and gratitude for medical personnel treating victims of COVID-19. AFP reported that 300 unmanned aerial vehicles, or drones, lit up the sky for 10 minutes over the Han River on July 4th with messages about wearing masks 
washing hands and socially distancing, then shifted focus to thanks front thank frontline healthcare workers. It ended with a silhouette of the Korean Peninsula and the message, cheer up Republic of Korea. The event was not advertised in advance in accordance with social distancing rules. Who saw it then? Cheer up, Republic of Korea. Apparently so. Um, wow. Yeah, I guess that's one way to celebrate. Was there anything to celebrate in July in South Korea? Like, I, uh, I don't. I don't know their holidays. I know that we had Canada Day three days the before your thing. The annual Cheer Up Festival. Okay. Is it is first, it some something that started this year? Yeah, first annual Korean Cheer Up Festival. Well, you never know. Maybe it will become a yearly thing. Wikipedia.com. <laughs> it's a thing now. It's a thing now. So, so what you're telling me is that you're just going to do it yourself. I'll do it all by myself. <laughs> Here's someone else who's doing it himself. Don Peters, 44, was arrested without incident on July 4th, according to Akron, Ohio police, after forcing his way around the counter at a Subway sandwich shop and making his own sandwich. According to police, Peters was intoxicated when he entered the store demanding a meal and became belligerent, damaging some plexiglass before charging behind the counter. Cleveland.com reported officers said they found a bottle of vodka and a block of Subway cheese in Peters' pockets. He was charged with disorderly conduct, criminal damaging, and open container. Hello, Cleveland! <laughs> I guess so, huh? How, how hard up are you for a sandwich that you want to go to Subway? <laughs> I said it. The, there, bottom of my sandwich list. Quite the burn. Yeah, I'm going to be feeling that one tomorrow. Has Subway burned your sandwich? Is that why you're burning them? You know, that's the problem. They've never cooked my sandwich. Oh, well, there you go. Hey, here's a question. We have a $5 foot long here in America. Number one, it's not a foot long. Number two, it's never $5. <laughs> what are they there? I don't know much about Subway. I've maybe been there like twice in the past year. So like the eight loony 30 centimeter? <laughs> no, we, they, they are definitely foot longs and half foots though. Because branding, I guess. Let's, be, let's make it weird in the metric countries. Yeah. Who's being? I don't know. <laughs> Here's a story of Lucky. Oh, is it? We'll find out. Nathalia Bruno, 24, of Newark, New Jersey, survived a harrowing mile-long ride through a storm sewer system under Pasiak on July 6th after she dove into high water during a flash flood. Uh, okay. NorthJersey.com <laughs> reported, Bruno, a driver for DoorDash, escaped her car well, that makes more sense, escaped her car as it filled with water, but the current pulled both her and the car into a waterway that runs under the city. Uh, Passaic Fire Chief Patrick Trent Coast Trenta Coast? Trenta Cost? I'll get it. <laughs> Bruno rode the wave until it reached its outlet above the Passaic River, where she was, quote, shot out 
and swam to a backyard on the other side. The homeowner called 911 and Britain was taken to a hospital where she appeared not to be seriously injured. Her Toyota Prius was later found under a street the next day. The, is her insurance going to cover that? So I've always wondered about that over the road racing game. Okay. We now have an under the street parking. <laughs> under the street, under the water, under a lot of things, honestly. Man, that, that is unfortunate. It's like Toyota Prius may be a hybrid, but it still doesn't run underwater. Not yet. <laughs> well, so something that, that you probably don't have if you have a Prius is a need for speed. Uh, that was probably rude. But here's a story. Uh, Kevin Nix, 55, of Chipping Norton, Oxfordshire, England, was up to the challenge when he was invited to a racing event for unconventional vehicles at Elvington Airfield in North York's on July 4th. Using parts lying around his house, Nix mounted a Honda moped engine to the back of a wheelbarrow that, re that recorded top speeds of 36 miles an hour. No wheelbarrow has flown down at the speeds I was going, Nix boasted to the Daily Star. It's thrilling and absolutely bonkers to drive it. This isn't the first time Nix has motorized gardening equipment. He's also the owner of the... <laughs> oh goodness. Of the world's fastest shed which can reach speeds of a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I like being created, creative and thinking outside the box, he said. Oh boy. I'm more impressed with the, uh, with the wheelbarrow. It's just uh, just a quick bit for shed. all our international viewers. A hundred miles an hour is 160 kilometers. So that just about yeah and the wheelbarrow is going 58 kilometers which Thank is you. the equivalent of 0.8 horses <laughs> but uh a shed going 100 miles an hour a shed is about as aerodynamic as a sofa well you can air glide with a sofa <laughs> we've learned that today yes that, that is I want to sure. know how the, the wheelbarrow only has one wheel. That's why I'm impressed. That That's also true. Shed, big deal. They pull those <laughs> down the street on trucks all the time. <laughs> but you don't you can, usually see one going on its own. Well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> oh, boy. This will be an, a bonus, bonus content for everybody listening on air behind the paywall you'll get this story yeah because there's totally a paywall note to self work <laughs> on paywall uh passing parade perhaps a parade of sheds under their own power <laughs> pennsylvania state police received multiple calls on june 21st about a mercedes-benz driving in reverse on the Pennsylvania Turnpike during rush hour. Troopers arriving on the scene said they found Smara Cole, 27, of Silver Spring, Maryland, passed out in the car with all the doors locked, WTAJ reported. A semi-driver had stopped his rig behind her to prevent others from being harmed. First responders found that Cole was, guess what, under the influence of drugs, and pending charges include DUI and drug possession. 
Yeah, because why else would you get the idea to start driving in reverse on a major thoroughfare? Now, I'm going to advocate for the defendant here. They oh. couldn't have been driving under the influence if they were passed out. Yeah, that, that's also a point. Um, they were a passenger under the influence, and that car had clearly seen the story about the self-driving shed. <laughs> But then, who was driving if it wasn't, um, Samara Cole? As Maggie. Oh, okay. Sure. She shot Mr. Burton. Had to get away somehow. <laughs> Spoiler alert for something that happened 20 years ago. There you go. Um, so yeah, um... How about some bright ideas, not including driving backward on the pen turnpike? I need to stop peeking ahead. <laughs> Chen Haigang, 50, of China's Shanxi province, uh, credits his good health and well-being to a fitness regimen he, he created and has been following about 30 years. Instead of doing Tai Chi or heading to the gym, Oddity Central reported on July 9th, Chen acts like a monkey, walking on all fours and dangling his arms, even climbing trees and swinging from branch to branch. I often watched the monkeys at the zoo. I thought it looked so fun and I started imitating, Chen said. Since I moved to the city for work, I've spent my free time doing the monkey walking exercise. I never need to see a doctor. Recently, Chen has added other animals' movements to his routine, such as crawling like a crocodile. He said many people have asked him about his routine, but are too embarrassed to do it in public. Just, I, I flash back to Kung Fu Hustle. I don't think that. I've seen that one. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> we'll stop the show right now. You go watch it. <laughs> I would need to I would need to actually find it first, and unlike most people, I don't have Netflix. And we're back. <laughs> How was the movie? It was a movie. It's the magic of editing. Don't let them know. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess it just comes down to the old idiom of "monkey see, monkey do." Well, oh no, he's imitating the monkeys. <laughs> Anyway, yes. Uh, some some this, more bright ideas. This story has been flagged for a language that does not exist. <laughs> Just a heads up: you will not hear anything offensive, as far as I know. Uh, Yoshito Arata, 32, readily admitted to police in Higashiura, Japan, that he slashes women's tires so he can step up to help them fix their flats. On July 11th, Oddity Central reported a 43-year-old unnamed woman leaving a grocery store noticed her tire was flat. As she pulled over, a man stopped his car and offered to help, but the woman had had a similar experience a year before and recognized the Good Samaritan. So she contacted police. Officers viewed surveillance video from the market and saw Harada slashing the woman's tire just before she emerged from the store. Further investigation revealed Harada has a history of approaching women this way going back to 2013 and authorities believe he has pulled the stunt more than 1,000 times. This, uh, this makes me think of one of, these, uh, one of the stories from Majotori, which is a very strange trivia game. 
Um, where someone wishes for this one girl to get into trouble so that he can throw himself in the way of trouble and look like a hero. And meanwhile, you just see this one guy who was on a bike and has wiped out rather severely in the background. See, and I went to Silence of the Lambs. I mean, so that's I don't know also an what option. I don't know what that says about you and me. <laughs> that means we have much different ideas of how we view the world. He's got to be real good at changing tires by now, though. <laughs> One would think. I Get wonder. I, working. I wonder how big his um, tire bill is, because I imagine he's been getting new tires to put on. Oh, lots of retreads, I'll bet. Probably. Ah, uh, it's a retreads. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get to some music. Kim Lightyear with Nightrunner Chiptune Edit, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. 
And welcome back to the Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And um, I have another interview. I don't know how long it's been since the last one, but um, I got a couple of people here that we're going to talk to. And uh, in specific, we have uh, Martine Fraser and Florian Kessler of DOS Game Club. Um, Hello. So, hi. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Um, <laughs> all things considered, I mean, special situation. Sure. Kind of a weird uh, year. Oh yes, definitely a weird year. <laughs> um, so just individually at first, um, who are you guys and what do you do? Uh, shall I go first? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. I'm Martijn, Martijn on the forums. <laughs> the DOS Game Club forums. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm the host of the DOS Game Club, uh, together with Florian. Um, yeah, we started this three years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you want to hear, like how personal. Well, I mean, <laughs> hats, we don't have to get super personal age, or or, or uh, anything like that. Just. Anything that you'd like to say about yourself, other than DOS sure. Game Club? Mm, I do lots of things. I make websites for a living. Uh, I like to make music as well. Uh, yeah, and turns out I really like DOS games. So we decided <laughs> to start to make a, a podcast about that. And that's go. really what keeps me busy. All right, I'm flooring. Yes. Quite, quite similar for me, just I don't know how to make music. Uh, I, I think I, I thought for a while that I knew how to do it, but it turns out no, <laughs> I don't. Um, and instead of websites, I make embedded software for a living. But right. other than that, we're the same person, really. <laughs> <laughs> two, two people joined as one to form the DOS Game Club. <laughs> um, so I know you've told the story on your show a couple of times, but um, how did the DOS Game Club come to be? Well, it all started when we met on a chat, an IC chat for a game jam, and uh, Martin just said, hey, you know, I have this this URL, this domain, I have it registered for quite a while now, and I don't know what to do with it. It's called dosgameclub.com, and I don't know what to do. Florian, what do you think? What could this be? And then we brainstormed, and now we have this podcast going on for three years. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I was realizing that, uh, I mean, I've been a fan of DOS games ever since I was a little kid. And I thought this was just a normal thing for everyone. And, and I started to realize that actually there's a whole new generation of people who are not as familiar with these old games as, as I am and as other people like my peers are. So that's when I figured, you know, I really would like to talk about this in one way or another. And that's when I came up with this name DOS Game Club because it just seemed like a fun thing. And then I didn't know what to actually do with it. So then I just, <laughs> I, yeah, that's, we, we came up with the name first and then thought of what it could be. That's really how it went down. Yeah. Okay. So, so you didn't just randomly have dosgameclub.com. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. I mean, I, I just, it, I don't know. It popped into my mind and then I, I registered the domain because I, I looked it up and I saw it was available okay. and I thought, and well... Also, you have precisely zero impulse control. <laughs> mm. 
Alright, um, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, we're, we're in 2020 now, and DOS games were from like, what, 35, 40 years ago? Well, and, and a little bit onward, of course, but um, it's a long, it's a long past era, and mm -hmm. uh, now you have, you know, new people, uh, are born and they're like all they know is Windows and Windows games and they don't know what DOS gaming is like it's it's a completely different beast than uh, any games that you would see now that are all a lot more formulaic hmm yeah that's kind of true that's one of the things I find interesting is that all the different genres weren't as defined as they are now you know people were still figuring it out yeah. and yeah it's also it's 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 not only about um the new generation of gamers that don't know about those games it's also like i grew up in the dos era but there are so many games that i missed because i didn't have a proper computer at the time to run those games and mm. i didn't have many gamer friends so all the games i had were like i don't know they were old at that time already so i'm rediscovering a lot of stuff um, in the DOS, uh, in, in the club that, that I hadn't known about before, that I only vaguely had heard about. So it's really cool for me to discover stuff as well. So but, but if you're listening to the podcast, then you will very often hear me say that I didn't know the game before. Yeah, that, that seems to be true with a lot of the games that you play, <laughs> um, at least for, for myself anyway. Um, I know that the one that you're playing for this month is uh, Jill of the Jungle. Mm -hmm. uh, that that is actually a game that uh, that I have played uh, as a kid, and um, I I definitely need to to get into playing it with you guys because I've been engrossed in a couple of other games lately. But uh, I uh, when you said that you were going to cover Jill of the Jungles, like that that's definitely a game that I want to get back to. Well, you're very invited. Yeah, the recording will be in about one month. So, <laughs> are you yeah. sure? Well, we, we try. We try. <laughs> We've actually caught up somewhat. Yeah, just, just today. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I did see that you uh, you released your um, your latest episode uh, today on the day of recording uh -huh. this uh, this uh, interview. Yeah, which is quite a big thing for us because we've been lagging behind our schedule for quite a while now. But now we are just on time again. All right. So, so there, there won't be a, a, a new episode every week that's going to be five hours long. <laughs> well, every month, and usually like two hours, but other than that, yeah. Well, yes, there, there is definitely going to be an, another new episode every month. Just for a while, it was like every week because you were that, you were that far behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. More or less. Um, so you've been going for a little while now, about three years, you said. What's been your favorite game so far? Well, actually... My, I just said to Martin a couple of hours ago that the game we played last month, um, Frederick Paul's Gateway, a text adventure, was probably the game I most enjoyed so far. Though it's not maybe not my favorite game, because we played other games, but I knew those before. So hmm. I guess from the games that I didn't know before, this one might have been my absolute favorite. Nice. Um, this is really difficult. <laughs> I, I, I really like most of these games. Um, I've played, I think I played about half of them before, and yeah. For me, for me, the real pleasure is discovering a new one that's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, 
there have been a few that I haven't played before. Wasteland is one of them, oh. the, 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 like the Fallout prequel. Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> also, Florian's uh, favorite game, Master of Orion 2, is a game that I, well, I dabbled a bit in it, but I never really played it. So, yeah, uh, figuring out how it works, that really was, well, I, I, I kind of discovered what's cool about it. So that's yeah. that's always a good thing. It's surprising how much depth some of those games have. Yeah, exactly. they are like 30 years old. Same as with uh, XCOM, for example. It's another game that I didn't play back in the day. Or System Shock, which we did recently. Um, those games just have so much to them. That's uh, that's just amazing. Yeah. People like yeah. People sometimes think that these old games they're really simple, but actually they're they're really not. They're sometimes surprisingly sophisticated and elaborate. Yeah, people are still trying to figure out what uh, they could do with this platform. I mean, this, I, I, I feel like most of DOS gaming it has just been kind of a journey of discovery, really. Oh yeah, really, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you've built up a fair bit of community as well, haven't you? Sort of, yeah. I think it's... we're on like 2,000-something Twitter followers now, so... That's pretty nice. And also our forums have been consistently used by various people. Sometimes people hang around for a long time and sometimes there's new people coming in. And I'm not honestly, I don't, I don't know how these people find us, <laughs> but, but they do. And I'm it's, really grateful. So yeah. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to advertise something, honestly. Yeah, I and, guess. Yeah. And and that's kind of the mystery. It's like if if the only way that people are finding what you're making is word of mouth, then you don't really know where they're coming from, but here they right. are. Yeah. We don't do any advertising, so no. it's not that. <laughs> we don't have any money for that. No. <laughs> Neither do we make money with this, so No, no, this is a pure hobby thing and yeah. So all right. Um, is uh, is there a game that you would uh, that you have not covered yet that you would like to cover? Whether it's been you know determined already that you're going to cover it, or is it just something that you would like to? Lots actually. Actually, yeah. I think most oh. of the games that we that we have played, I, I was at least somewhat uh, happy about that we played them. Some of them I didn't care about too much, but like ninety percent of them I, I was really looking forward to. And well, there are some games that I would really like to play, but sometimes, you know, we're trying to um, spread out the genres a bit, so we can't have an adventure right now, right. for example, even though there are so many very cool ex examples of adventure games that I would like to play in the future. But yeah, that, that will wait, I guess. Is, is, yeah. there, is there one in particular that, that you would like to see or? Uh, well, one that I've, I've never played that I only have seen screenshots of is um, Discworld, for example. Oh. And since I'm a, I'm a massive Terry Pratchett fan, that would be that would be a great one for me. Nice. But yeah, yeah. We, we also have this this forum where people can suggest games that we should play in the future. And usually Martin is very strict about, hey, maybe we should take a look at the forums what people are <laughs> suggesting. And I'm, I'm I'm usually the guy who said, hey, you know, I would like to play that game. And he comes and says, oh, well, let's see what other people have suggested. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's just a nice community thing you know that if and also if someone suggests a game then we can invite them onto the show mm -hmm. so that's one yeah. guest sorted already so I most think of we, the time yeah, yeah exactly you rarely have difficulties finding people who want to join <laughs> i mean yeah 
That's so true. The retro gaming community seems to be really active and everybody wants to be part of creating something, which is really, really cool. So we're not even doing that much work. That's true. It's sort of automatic. People just find us and, and yeah, we have had really very little people that we invited onto the show that didn't want to be like that were not interested or <laughs> who didn't want to be on the show <laughs> well that i mean like everyone who we've invited just instantly said yes so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's kind of cool all right um uh tyne i don't believe that you mentioned a game that you'd like to cover yeah i have loads man it's <laughs> uh i there's honestly like i don't know tons and tons of games that that we still have to uh we, we've not done a lot of the uh, microprose games, the Sid Meier ones, you know, Civilization oh, yeah. or Colonization. Uh, we've only done Pirates, I think. Um, I think but so, there's, yeah. There's, yeah, there's tons more that I'm really interested in. Also, more adventure games. We've barely touched any of the LucasArts, Sierra stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, to me, that's, that's really one of the uh, most important pillars of DOS gaming, really. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. So we should totally do more of those. <laughs> um, one personal game that I really like is uh, a game called Street Rod, which I'm not sure if that's really like an obscure game or not, but um, it's just really cool. It's it's about building a car back in the 1960s, and mm. yeah, you have to. There's like a newspaper where you can order secondhand cars, and then you have to tweak them and, and get better parts, and then race them. It's, I don't know, it's really cool. I so that's, can't think yeah. I've seen that one around a couple of times. Yeah, that's uh, one I really like. Yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting game as well, because there's the, the amount of customization that you get to do, and also when you replace a part, you actually have to replace the part, like mechanically yeah. do so. Exactly, it's not, it, it's not a menu. Like a lot of games have these car upgrades where it's, it's just a button so you just go into the menu and you say upgrade engine and then it's it's upgraded but in this game you have to actually unscrew all the screws <laughs> and then put all the parts out and then drag a new part in and then screw all the things back in it's yeah it's work it's hard work this game <laughs> <laughs> sounds like i would never get to drive any, anything oh, in yeah, this game. It is actually possible to buy the wrong parts, you know, and then you cannot put your car together because it just doesn't work. Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, that's kind of fun. All right. Um, so do you, either of you have any experience with actual DOS game development? Well, um, I think we both do. Yeah, from different angles, because I'm more the low-level programmer guy and Tyne is more the arts music guy. So, yeah. Actually, do. In fact, we have a game in development, right? Ooh. Yeah, we're we're on. It's well, it's it's boiling very slowly. But <laughs> when um, <laughs> we have time, we do a few things there. But yeah, we have like I don't know, five, six people from the club, from our IRC channel, who are participating in this small project. Oh, that's kind of exciting to uh, to hear about. Wonder what it will be. Well. We, we didn't really want to talk too much about it because That's there's nothing really fine. decided yet. And, you perfect. know, if, if, we, if we decide to abandon the project and we have talked about it on the radio show, that would be stupid. I mean, things get announced and then canceled all the time. The big right. boys do it. You're allowed to do it, too. If that if that's what happens, <laughs> then that's what happens. Right. Yeah. 
All right, um, I think that's about the questions that I have. Uh, but uh, of course, you did mention the fact that uh, Tyne does make music. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I do. If you'd like, we can feature one of your songs on the show. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I've made uh, I've made some ad lib music okay. uh, for using. Um, a tracker called Rad Tracker, which stands for Reality Adlib D something. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> the D stands for. Oh, Adlib, like yeah. Um, so, actually, one of the most recent tracks I made this way was used in a DOS game as well. Uh, a game called Slip Speed, which is a top-down racing game. It was submitted for the DOS Games Jam. Um, that was—I oh, yeah. don't know if you heard about that. It was earlier I, this year. Yeah, I did. I did hear about it. You—you you had a, an episode about that, and also uh, Chris Ozick hmm. uh, did a uh, a video about it as well. Exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, I, uh, one of our club members made a made a game for that, and I made the music for it. So uh, nice. Yeah, it was really cool. So maybe maybe we can play one of the tracks from that. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get to that music right away. And uh, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that was the ending theme from Slip Speed by Martine Fraser, and that takes us to the end of today's episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks to the multitude of guests that uh, came out here, and uh, here's where you can find them online. Jason. Hey, I want to thank uh, Coolio here for having me on the show, and uh, he gave me some time to plug some stuff. Uh, I've been playing and writing music for a long time. I can check me out as Darzy the Taylor Bird. Just got all my music put out on Amazon, Apple Music, uh, MediaNet, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Napster. That's still a thing, and I'm on it. So if you want to check it out, Darzy the Taylor Bird. Tyne and Florian. Go for it, Oh, you want me to go, right? Yeah. Um, so um, our main spot on the internet is our website, which is dosgameclub.com, where you can find all the episodes. Um, you have a link to our forum. Um, you can join the IRC chat through a widget that we have on there. So that's really the most important place for the club. All right. Yeah. And you can also follow us on Twitter. And, of course, we're in all the podcasting apps. So... You just look for uh, Dolls Game Club on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Then, yeah, you can find us there. You can leave a rating. So that's really appreciated. All right. So let's uh, finish things up the way we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Nuriki Kimikora, Twilight of Defect, Whalebone, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm, and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, or want your tunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net, or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca, click on Shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on Leave Feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, S-Y-M, or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcatchers out there. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, Radio 8.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, along with... Jason. I'm Martine. And Florian. And I'll see you guys next time. Oh, 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 oh,